Welcome to the man room. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the man room. I'm your host, Marcus Bridges. Thanks so much for joining me in the man room today. Uh, check us out wherever you check out podcasts. I can say that now confidently feeling like you guys are going to find it. Also, themanroompodcast.com. We appreciate every donation. It all goes right back into the show. And uh, you can subscribe at patreon.com slash themanroompodcast as well. That's enough of the good stuff. Uh, we are in the second week of kind of highlighting Eugene comedy. And uh, even Eugene, I'll say the surrounding areas as well because we'll get into that. But my guest today joining me in the man room is none other than the host of Amuse Days at Lucky's every Tuesday night, downtown Eugene. It's an open mic, 7.30, sign up, 8 o'clock show. Please welcome Mr. Chaz Logan Hyde. Thanks for joining me, man. Hello. How I, are you? I'm great, dude. I'm, I'm so excited to have you here, uh, fresh off of an open mic. We're recording this on a Wednesday, so you were uh, just at the mic at Lucky's last night. I hear everything went well. Yeah, it was a very, uh, very fun show. People are coming out. It's been a lot of fun yeah thus far yeah post covid right so you're feeling uh like that's finally on the on the come up yeah so, yeah definitely coming up now um you know after all the vaccination things and everything restrictions have kind of loosened mm-hmm. not so much pacing around cleaning every possible fucking surface <laughs> yeah I think oregon's kind of just been like if you got a vax cool if not it's your decision, I guess. Yeah, I don't know you can about. you can deal with the consequences, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I I will say I got to compliment you. You were uh, one of the best at actually making the changing and the cleaning of the mics kind of part of the show because oh, you'd yeah. like to comment on it when you're up there. Uh, it can get awkward, and it feels like it takes 15 minutes. I'm sure when For it sure. really takes what like 30 seconds, but about yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's about as long as a host needs to be on there anyway. In yeah, between comics, but you know, ha- you know, half the time I'd fucking go up there and I'm like. What was I going to say? All right. I'll just do sexual poses while I clean this <laughs> shit or something. That's entertaining enough. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, maybe we should uh, take a take a uh, hit from Kill Tony and uh, get a stripper in there to do it or something sure, like that for you. do that. Yeah. yeah I'm I sure. And if it's not a stripper, I'm sure it's somebody that would do it. You yeah. know, even it doesn't matter. But uh, I just hire one of the comics. To there you go. <laughs> I'm sure one of the com- at least one of the comics is a male stripper, right? Yeah. Potentially. I mean, maybe we, we have a couple people who've done burlesque. In uh, our scene, so yeah, I, I forget about that. I do. Uh, you know, it just before we go any further, because it's something that we like to do on the show. Uh, same as last week, I got another Eugene comedian in here oh, with yeah. me, which means we're drinking PBR. And uh, it's it. You know what? I'll tell you, if I have enough of you guys on here that suggest it, I'm going to start liking it uh, more than what I did back in college, which could be a problem. Oh, you know, <laughs> we used to buy this stuff down. At the beer docks, um, I, it was at Columbia Distribution Company. I'm not sure if they're there anymore, but um, you go down there in Springfield on like a Thursday night around like midnight, and at six o'clock on Friday they would open, and they sold all the discount beer that they had, and they had like a I, I, man, I feel like it was a forty case limit, what? and you would get like three dollar cases. Dollar It was nuts, Chaz. A bad idea. I, it was a terrible idea. I, my buddy had a 1989 Ford pickup, and one time they pulled into the ho- to the house that we all lived in with nothing but cases, and it was a perfectly flat line across oh, yeah. the bed of the truck all the way up. And what we did 
because we had to. This was necessity. We had to keep it all cold. We couldn't leave it warm, you know. And uh, we we basically kind of annexed like one square or one cubic foot in the uh, in the fridge for all the food and necessities that we needed. And every other fridge, which was two and two mini fridges in the house, was packed full of beer. Nice. Um, yeah. Then nobody got grades that that uh, semester. <laughs> Everybody was pretty much just doing punk rock shows and uh, and drinking beer. I so just, I'd back the truck into a river. Just a bit cold. <laughs> like there. See, we needed somebody <laughs> like you because we we really went low on food that month. But I just improvise. Uh, but my life. PBR was a huge part of that, man. And I mean, look, I say it every time somebody kind of looks at me sideways. Are you drinking PBR? It's like if you can tell me that your beer won a blue ribbon. Then mm-hmm. you know, I guess maybe I'll I'll uh, listen to you, but you know, nothing's, until then, nothing's better than putting a little lime in it. Oh my God, really it changes everything. Okay, some uh, <laughs> some just bar regular that okay. I met forever ago was like put a lime in it. I was like, okay, it's, it's good. It doesn't taste like aluminum anymore. So. Yeah, <laughs> I'll have to try that. You know, it's funny that it's like. You think that like the Mexican import beers are for some reason the only ones that you can put a lime in, and true. it's not true at all. I mean, put it in anything you put it in, and a little bit of salt too. Mm. I learned that one from my dad. I I, I grew up watching my dad's uh, just a pinch of salt in any domestic beer that he would ever get, especially on draft. And I always thought that honestly, for like until I started drinking beer, I thought he did it just because it looked cool in the glass to oh, see the sure. salt fall, you know, and bubble up. But you know, it was it was for like taste. I had lime salt packets. Sometimes. Oh yeah, that's. Yeah. I can see, never find them, but um, they're given to me. Okay. I'm always suspect. Like, what is in this? Okay. There's, there's like cool liquor stores. Like, if you've been in, like, you know, some liquor stores are just they're they're a liquor store. They don't really have much pomp and circumstance. But then there's other ones that kind of bring in all the, uh, you know, the the accoutrement, if you will, and kind of the flair. That one up in uh, in South Eugene is like that. Sure. Um, maybe they have it there. Uh, probably. I would assume. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna go have to the, go look. Not a liquor guy. All beer. All beer? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's not true. I drink tequila a lot, but just because my job offers it. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it was that. Is that always been the case, or was there an experience with with liquor that kind of turned you off on it? Yeah, probably. You know, yeah. when it was like twenty one, twenty two. Yep. It was the height of my uh, alcoholism, probably. And okay. I took a whole year off because I kept passing out in my grandmother's bathroom, and that wasn't a good look. <laughs> Around the fifth or sixth time, I'm like, Yeah, I know. I'll stop. Okay. <laughs> this is bad. I did break the door yesterday too. <laughs> yes, just yesterday. No. Oh, this is this, this is, is years, years ago. I get you. Yeah. We're still back in twenty one, twenty two. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I find that funny, man. A lot of people right at that point in time in their life that don't drink liquor uh, have had normally at least one or some kind of extended experience with it that they learned that it just wasn't their thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I laid off of it for a very long time. But then it was like I got too fond of beer, okay. and and I got too fond of uh, especially like IPAs, oh, you yeah. know, and and you don't you just don't take into consideration the difference in the alcohol content. A beer's a beer to yeah. to me and every other person. In I don't the know world. why I like that trash so much as IPAs. It's just like freeway shrubbery turned into beer. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. but why do I like it so much? <laughs> I was talking to uh, Nick Lanier in here, and uh, I, we've always called them pork chop beers because chop. every single time you you drink one, it feels like you just ate a pork chop. You okay, know, that's fair. Lots of calories and you know salt and probably fat. I don't know what they're yeah, working into it. That's so cool. yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, but I, that being said, I could drink my weight in them, and you know, you end up the one thing I noticed because here recently. Um, I was seeing myself expand a little bit too much on the uh, on the edges mm-hmm. <laughs> outwardly, and so. 
I wanted to switch to something low calorie and I started drinking a, like a bunch of like white claw and oh. like just the seltzers because they're the lowest calorie thing you Those can are dangerous. get. They they really are because my body's like, I'm hydrated. I feel great. Right. Let's I'm like, drive a car. <laughs> I'm fine. I just drink fruit punch. <laughs> yeah, right. For for seven hours straight, you know, in the sun. And it I can only imagine because, you know, I'm 36, so I've been through kind of the, the bumps of like the, the college age, that 21 freshly mm-hmm. uh, available to go to bars and stuff like that. And where I've come out on the other side of it is like, I don't know if back then you could have handed me alcoholic water and I ever would have drank anything else. I w- even the water that I drank to hydrate, my body would probably at this point be like, can we just set out a white claw for a, a day and let it go flat and that can be our workout Good drink? Water. You know. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I, got, uh, I got I got grips on it now, though. Like even during COVID, I was kind of spiraling a bit. Yeah, going back into my old habits, but I've calmed down. You know, good, good, <laughs> good for your health too. I think that uh, that's probably something that ninety percent of the drinking population could say during COVID. I know oh, yeah. that I drank more just because the time. You just had the time. Also, those fucking stimulus things. I hate to say it, <laughs> but like at a solid three hundred dollars went to alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> for, 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 the first like four months of COVID, and I was like, Ugh. <laughs> there is nothing to do. Well, at least you know when the second one comes, how much you have to budget off the top to make sure that you can make right. everything swing, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, as I said last week, and uh, as you know, you and I were just talking right before we got in here. Mm-hmm. I have uh, been around the Eugene comedy scene for a long time, back, going back to like 2006, 2007 when I started in radio. I wouldn't consider myself in the scene back then, but I was kind of what I would call comedy adjacent sure. because, you know, we went to shows. Uh, it didn't really do a lot of open mic stuff until later on in, in the radio career, but um, I have, back then I saw some really good talent in Eugene and some of those people are still here today, oh, yeah. but I feel like right now in Eugene, especially and the surrounding areas all the way up to Salem, I I exclude Portland because they're kind of their own thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've never seen the amount of talent that's running through the circuit that there is here right now. And even though there's not a ton of mics and a ton of shows going on, there's more talented comedians in this area than I've ever seen in, you know, almost 20 years. Oh, yeah. There's people have so much talent here in this town. It's crazy. Like we are uh, congested. Yeah, well, just like I think, like half our comics can probably easily do like twenty to to twenty thirty minute sets and just kill. Yeah, and have a good time. And and you've you've experienced it as a host. Now, how long have you just been doing comedy yourself? Um, I think we just passed the six year. Okay, if you still count the year we all kind of took off during COVID, I was still writing stuff and like posting videos online or whatever. But okay, like yeah, about six six years now. Awesome. And and in your six years, do you think it's it's better than it's ever been at this point? I'd say so. Yeah. yeah. Like there was plenty of talent when I first came to Eugene. It was I was here like three weeks and then I was like right on stage because like I moved here and wanted to do comedy. And back then there was a lot of funny people, but it's like um, a lot of them fell to the wayside, you know, don't do it quite as much. And just the, the quality is just like risen. Yeah. Because we're all like really trying to, you know, do this good sure for sure coming out anyway everyone was just like waiting very impatiently yeah to to strut their stuff again i mean that's what's so cool is that there's so much talent but there's also this like deep thirst for something to do Mm -hmm. and just and that runs you know it's going to be the same for for music i feel like too once bands get back together but it's as a comedian you're just one guy you don't have to dial up time with five people and brush all the uh, the rust off you know and uh 
So I'm sure music is going to follow suit because it just feel like this general elevation of like the bar scene and everything. Like mm-hmm. uh, I just went out and caught up with a with a friend that had moved away years ago and I hadn't seen him in a while and. We were out and we actually, like, we bar hopped. We started at one place and we went to another place. And I was like, this is unreal. I haven't done this in a year and a half. Yeah. But it was packed. Like, at the second place we got, we couldn't find a place to sit. Uh, yeah. It's been, especially just this last month, there's, like, people are everywhere. Everywhere. They're coming out of the woodwork, literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I, I think it's really cool because, um, you know, Maybe maybe people hear this and, and understand what's happening in Eugene. That's what I hope for. I, I want to use the platform to to help bring awareness to the fact that it's unprecedented what's going on here right now. And there's a lot of people, including yourself, that deserve a lot of stage time and even more than what they're getting. And so, um, you know, I, I really want to to just uh, jump in with both feet and help in whatever way I can because my comedy's not great. Uh, but the podcast is, uh, has been a lot of fun and I've been able to talk to a lot of really cool people. So hopefully that can kind of, uh, of, of, you know, help out. And, and one place, uh, obviously we already talked about it right off the top, but I'd like to talk about it more. You host Amuse Days down at Lucky's. That's every Tuesday night. Yeah. Um, you, what do you average for a list of, of open micers each Tuesday? Um, well, it depends, but I mean, in the past it would be like 15, 20, and, like, I don't know, it's always just ever-changing, you mm-hmm. know, just depending on who's in town. But, like, we have so many people interested now, like, newcomers and are just our usual uh, roster of comics that we've had already. Sometimes I'll get close to, like, 30 people on my mic. That's unbelievable. And I'm, like, which is almost close to, like, fucking Portland numbers. Because I remember going to, like, the Brody Theater, and there was, like, 54 people on the fucking wow. mic. And I was, like, that's crazy. Dude. But I'm, like, I got 30 here in Eugene. How is that possible? At Lucky's, which almost filled the place up. Oh, I yeah. mean, it's it's Just not a very comics, big place, right? almost <laughs> fill the damn bar. But, yeah. but then, then the crowd comes in, too, and it's just it's packed. It's yeah. like, it's great. People I, are just really appreciative for it, I think, and they're coming out. Yeah. I You know, the first one I did, uh, uh, the first time I ever came to Lucky's was this year on 420, mm-hmm. which might have been the worst idea I've ever had, just because it's like, I'm out there for the first time at my first open mic in years, and I'm expecting to get uh, like a, some laughs, and I'm, I'm working on my stuff. And it wasn't, I don't, the comedy probably wasn't that great either, but I'm pretty sure that everybody was so stoned by that time oh, in Eugene on 420. Know. I remember that, Mike. <laughs> Um, and I don't even think I said a weed joke the whole time. It was really, I was like, I forgot it was 420. I don't even really smoke weed that much. Yeah. It's, it's funny. It's like, uh, the people that really celebrate 420, I worked in the cannabis industry uh, a few years in the dispensaries and you will be surprised. Like people, there's some people in this city that will like take a full unpaid day of work and tell their manager, like, I'm going to stand in line at a dispenser. I'm going to get the best deal I've ever gotten. And I'm going to blaze my mind out of my head for the next seven hours. And I'll see you on Tuesday. And uh, I've always thought that to be kind of funny because, you know, once they legalized it, it even before that, you could do that pretty much any day that you have yeah, off. You, you know, just <laughs> go home and do it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, they do offer some really good deals, uh, which might have uh, might have kind of fed to the sleepiness that night of, of some of the people. But we did that night have a woman throw a microphone at somebody else on the stage. Do you remember that? Um, she yeah. wasn't supposed to be there. She didn't Wait, even sign up. The fuck? Yeah, I remember that. You now. remember that? I was very annoyed that night, actually. Dude, I, I but I thought you handled it really well because that was like she pretty much 
forced her friend to go up there first and then kind of stole the mic right out uh -huh. of her hand. Didn't even give you a chance. I was like, I let her, her friend who didn't want to do comedy. Right. Was just like up there for a minute and a half. Wasn't doing well. She knew she was uncomfortable and what was happening wasn't good. And she was just like, I'm just going to excuse myself and get off stage. I right. was like, that's a fucking... Wow. That's a pro move. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you realized I didn't do it. And I went up there. And then her friend just kind of wanders up. I'm like, who are you? So this was a two thing? Okay. And then she's just fucking really fishing for compliments about her looks. And then she turns into fishing for insults. And then she gets those insults. And then she gets upset and throws the mic down and leaves. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> You're not coming to fuck back ever again. So did you 86 her? Yeah. Okay. I mean, if Good. I ever see her again, she's not going on stage. Oh, of course. Sure. Yeah. Like, I was like, don't come to someone's house and just throw their shit around. Exactly. And don't come to someone's house. Because I remember she was, like you said, she was kind of fishing for compliments. And somebody actually did say... I like your hair. Mm -hmm. And her response was, I grew it back after I had cancer. Was, and it was like, right. there goes the rest of the air in the room. Like <laughs> nobody could breathe already. And you sucked the rest of the oxygen out the back door. Like, yeah. and uh, I do It was my, that being my first open mic back in, I don't know, five years. First time I'd been to one in five years. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I was impressed with the way you handled it. I mean, it was late in the night too. So there was oh, alcohol sure. flowing through everybody's veins. Yeah. It, it could have gone way off the rails. Is that the worst thing or what's the worst thing that's happened to you as just a host i don't care if it's at lucky's or at other places you don't have to mention names um but i like to i like to hear these stories because they fascinate me it's weird how violent people are yeah and just <laughs> how upset they get that you're having a good fucking time and they're not included yeah so a lot of shit like that i think um one of the more threatening thing was like i just did a show everything was normal I mean, this guy was probably at the show the whole time looking at me weird. I had no idea. But, you know, I get done. I put everything away. I'm walking down the street to meet some friends. And he's just kind of stalking me. And he's like, hey, you think you're funny, huh? I'm like, uh, hey, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. And I was like, I think you're real funny. And I'm like, I'm just having a good Are you okay? And catch up with my three friends. And he's like, so... What makes you think yourself? So it was like, dude, just hear my friends. Do you want to talk more about this, or you want to fuck off? Like, yeah, trying to threaten me, and you want to fight me because I'm just having a good time. Because you told some jokes, yeah, and not even obviously not even targeted at him because no. you didn't even know he was probably in nope. the crowd. Just <laughs> some people are you know unhinged and ready to start shit for no reason. It's unfortunate, man, because there's also like for every one of those people, there's five that came out only to watch comedy and, and will sit there and smile wide-eyed up at whoever's on stage saying whatever they're saying. And yeah. um, it, I, I feel like those ones where they get the show kind of gets stolen away, is all, it's always a tragedy in my eyes mm -hmm. because it's like, man, everybody out here except for you yeah. wants this to go well and you like, just can't have it happen. You, you can't know? just show up to a fucking show in a bad mood. And right. expect me to fix everything for you. Like, <laughs> yeah. the whole point is to be in a good mood and go have fun and laugh. Exactly. <laughs> Comedy is acid or mushrooms or your psychedelics. If you're in a bad place and you go to that, yeah. you're going to be in a worser place. Make it worse. <laughs> exactly. Especially if you open your mouth. Yeah, right. <laughs> And how on the once again on the flip side, if you're feeling good and you're psychedelics that or that day, mm -hmm. probably going to see some really bright colors, man. And that's good. You know, and other other than that, man, I don't know. Like, 
not a, not so bad as like Seth, who literally got punched in the face one time. Oh, he did. Because I don't think he told that <laughs> on here either time he was on here. Now you get to tell that story. It was this guy Ardo who would come by. <laughs> that sounds like somebody that would punch somebody. Who come face. by Lucky's and just kind of like be rude, you know, uh-huh. and just he was trying to be intimidating, and um. I believe before that happened, he was like another comic that used to be here, uh, Michael Sevigny. He, he, he was saying something to him and trying to put him in his place, the Ardo guy. And then uh, this Ardo just smacked him in the face. And just without a beat, Michael came back and smacked him too. And oh, then wow. he, he was just like, and then he walked away. I was like, <laughs> that was, what the fuck? And then he goes to stand here. He's all riled up now. And I think Seth notices him and starts making fun of his neck tattoo. And just in the most calmest, streamed way, he just kind of walks right up and plop. <laughs> when he was on the mic. Oh, my God, And then, dude. like, three people grabbed him and drug him outside and got rid of him. So but, have you guys seen anything else from Ardo? No, I thought I saw him again one time, but pff, it could have been any guy with a neck tattoo. Yeah, I don't know. they're hard to tell apart, aren't they? <laughs> Other than that, just like people just scream at me. And I'm just like, what are you? I was like, tell me a joke. And I was like, the show's over. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, I literally just ended it. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah, I imagine the later it gets, the more you have these experiences. None of these probably happen at 7.30 around sign-up it's time, right? It's never at the top of the show. <laughs> yeah. And if it is, it's dealt with pretty quickly. And the audience lets that person, they're like, hey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. It, I like the support of the audience these days because they're usually on our side, too. Yeah, and, and you know, I think it's important, too, as a as somebody that's just, you know, trying to get back into the whole comedian thing and, and uh, has taken a few knocks at a couple of shows, one, because I was just really bad and really underprepared, and another, because there were people in the audience trying to ruin the show. And one thing that I think we can realize as, as comedians is if everybody kind of joins hands mm-hmm. and and kind of because i was the worst one the night that there were the hecklers at seth's mic i was the God. one that just went up there and i didn't i didn't do anything i just let off on them i didn't have jokes i was just being you know kind of being how they were to everyone sure. else you know trying to kind of turn it on its head and that's no way to to win friends no. uh, that's for sure or and win uh, against the hecklers really exactly You're just kind of becoming them almost exactly <laughs> and and i felt that i really did and then another comedian who's brand new came up and she said to the to the ladies like you're kind of up here shitting on art like and you don't realize that because there's all this hostility now but you're shitting on art Mm -hmm. and that kind of opened my eyes to it is like man i'm gonna actually put my my head to paper and write some stuff that is pocketed and ready and and is is punchy and quick and uh wins people Mm -hmm. and and doesn't lose arguments because uh i i really want to like if somebody else is up there getting heckled i don't want to go up there and just Go on with my act and ignore it. I would rather let that person know that they're kind of a piece of shit. Like, that's my personality, you know? Yeah, in the heat of the moment when I have to think on my feet, it's usually not, like, awesome. But (laughs) I do put them in their place and be like, just fuck yourself. I don't (laughs) It's like, just, God damn it. (laughs) Like, you're a child. No one said no to you ever. You see, and you've you've got great mannerisms for it, too. I think sometimes I look a little, uh, like, twitchy, you know, and, like, maybe a... I don't know, unstable, if you will. So, but, but when I have a moment and I'm at the show and I can see it happening, I'm like, ooh, I'm next. I can like plan what I'm going to say. And I was like, if you say something to me, I'm going to make you feel bad. Yeah. And I got it ready already. Yeah, so. there you go. I told Seth this, at the that one of those ladies that was heckling the night, we talked about it last week. I heard her say something that I can't believe I didn't pocket and wait for her to come after me on stage because 
uh, one of the one of the people that she had met there at the show said, "Have you come down here for this comedy show before?" And she goes, "No, I'm a karaoke regular." And I'm like, God, why didn't I have that though? Like, go back to karaoke. Like, nobody wants you here if you're such a regular. Like, I, I don't know. It, I, I'm, I'm training myself. It has been so long for me. And the other thing too is the radio trained me for that a lot too because you're taking live phone calls and who knows who's on the other end and mm -hmm. what they're gonna say. Sure. Kind of the same thing of standing up in front of a bunch of people in a dark room, like. Yeah. Yeah, they look nice and they're smiling, but who knows what's going through the six inches between their ears, you know? So, um, I think I, what I, I had to say to them was, was like, go find a hobby and quit yelling at people that have one. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I couldn't say that. Better. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And then I just ignored them yeah. right at that point. I was like, you can just keep talking, blah, blah, blah. They're listening, so fuck you. Yeah. Which is tough. I mean, you know, Rudy, uh, help, help me pronounce Rudy's last name. Ty Bercy. Ty Bercy. Thank you. He had a Try great... Try spell it. Oh, You're going to fail. Yeah, I'm, I've I already lost. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably spell it phonetically, you know, mm -hmm. just like make it easy on myself, you throw out the Y's and the Z's, you know? Yeah. Um, but he, I, I loved what he did that night. There was a dog right next to the stage and he oh. spent most of his five minutes just petting the dog and just having, you know, having a <laughs> casual conversation with the people that own the dog. I was like... Maybe I should have harnessed my anger a little bit and just sat down it because that would have made me happy to sit down and pet a dog for yeah. five minutes and not listen to this stuff. And I mean, <laughs> Seth wanted to take the mic. He could. I'll probably just sit there and pet the dog still if that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but it's uh, it's been a lot of fun, man. And you guys make it fun. Guys like you and Seth that host the mic with good energy and, and an, an awareness of what is going on because... Mm -hmm. I've been to places where hosts will ignore that type of stuff and just try, you know, the and show must go on type mentality. falls apart. And because it almost kind of breathes a little bit of confidence into them. Well, they're not saying anything, so now I can say it louder, you know. And, and situations uh, like that is good training, I guess, but yeah. it shouldn't be an every night thing. Yeah. Like, it's just, you should get, get your show under control. Kind of. <laughs> Do you feel like there was there's more of a, uh, more or less of a, chance of it happening coming out of covid because you know and without trying to you know talk about modern problems and everything there's a lot of tension in public right now like you see a lot more people yelling at people at grocery stores and gas yeah. stations and mm -hmm. the like do you feel like you're more at risk of an audience member like that now or less um i mean i feel like the people who are coming to who are just wandering in type even if they're wandering in i don't know i feel I know people are tense these days, and they're just so easy to fly off the handle, I guess, with everything. But I feel like just most people in attendance will, you know, they're there because they want something. Right. Like, they don't, they want their day ruined or wasted. So they're going to be there and be, like, proper. Sure. For the most part, I think. Um, I mean, I still had a few people, though, who are just kind of, like, sketch, kind of yelling or whatever. But they're taken care of pretty quickly. Yeah. That's good. I, I mean, as much as people are sensitive, people are sensitive to the fact that people are sensitive right now, too. It's like, you can, it's weird. You can feel it out there when you walk into a room where that tenseness is about to boil over. It's like, it's palpable. Because I've been hosting it for like four years, I think. And yeah. so people know who I am and at this point are aware that I'm not going to put up with their bullshit. Yeah. And if I have to forcibly remove you, I will. Good. Good for you, dude. Good for you. We we need uh, every host should have that uh, that confidence and that mentality. Yeah, and it's just like don't fuck with me because yeah. I can eat. I the bartenders 
all know who I am and respect me way more than you. Right. So if I just tell them, don't let this person come back, you don't get to come back anymore. <laughs> good, man, good. It sucks, but yeah. But it's but it's the way it should be. And, you know, how funny is it that as adults we have to take things away from people to make them behave? I know. know? I didn't know I had to adult yeah. other adults. Right. I, I, I feel like Dad just took the power cable to my Nintendo because I didn't mow the lawn. You no know? one told me that later <laughs> in my life you're going to have to take care of adults. Yeah. Yeah. You really are. And especially as a host, man. So, I mean, you know, once again, hats off because... Uh, I'm, I'm sure you enjoy it. I'm sure it's fun, but I know that there are, there are complications for Mm. sure. You know, like anything, but yeah, I always look forward to it every week. Yeah. Good. Good. Um, what other shows do you have coming up right now? Anything in the works, anything planned comedy wise? Um, mostly just amuse days. Um, I'm trying to get out and just do as many mics and I'm going to start networking with other people and try and do some bigger shows and things that I know like everyone in our scenes, like just after it now. And they're actually you know, working congruently and like figuring shit out together rather than going solo mm-hmm. like we used to. But yeah, things are coming together real good. And uh, let's try and go after that. I have a show I haven't done in forever. It's the Bob Ross After Dark show. I'm trying to get that back together. And that was always fun. Okay. Tell me a little bit about the Bob Ross After Dark show. I haven't actually, I haven't get, been, uh, I didn't even know it was a thing until just now. So I'm going to go check oh. it out now. But I, that's awesome. Yeah, Tell I did me about it for it. years. Um, and then like, well, you know, I paid for it all out of my pocket. So it came to like a financial problem mm-hmm. and then COVID happened and I was just like, how can I bring this back? If people have to touch all this shit and do all these things. But now with the restrictions released and things, I think it's viable to do it now. If they'll let me anyway, the Bob Ross show is just, um, I'll put on an episode of Bob Ross mm-hmm. and I'll have two comics competitively paint head to head to an episode of Bob Ross and you have to paint it just like he's just like doing Bob Ross. What the fuck ever. Yeah. I also realized no comic in this town knows how to paint. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's one thing that was surprising. So that probably provided for even better content, I assume. Yeah. So, and then what I do, I just dress like Bob Ross and shit on him through the whole process and tell jokes and talk to the audience. And I'll have like two people off stage participating who are audience members and they're always better painters than whoever's on stage. <laughs> And then we just kind of go through that and, like, do voting. And then I do, like, a talk show afterwards with them, kind of like a panel. And we just, you know, do jokes. And I have, like, a guest comedian. That's awesome, dude. That sounds that sounds so much fun. I mean, I... I there's a lot of production. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. It, it sounds like there's quite a bit of work and preparation that goes into it. But also, I mean, how much fun to get shit on for a painting. Like, I, mm-hmm. you know, you're sitting between two drum sets. I'm trying to dabble in comedy, oh, and I have this podcast. This is my outlet, and I am, my wife is an amazing painter. Yeah. I... I'll paint a stick figure like I can't do it I don't know I don't know if I don't have the dexterity I have short fingers maybe that's it I can't grip the brush right but dude I am I I cannot paint or draw worth a damn I did some uh some ceramics in high school and I was okay at that but not I I just don't know what it is and I'm thinking well I I've dealt with my trauma through the hobbies that I've chosen and now I haven't I have nothing to nothing to give to this painting, you know. Sure. So uh, that's that's kind of where I I would be with it. But I think it's funny that other comedians face the same affliction. I wonder if there's something about the way the brain works. I don't know. Um, I'm definitely more of a doodler. I also can't paint. Really? Nor have I ever attempted to paint on that show ever. <laughs> <laughs> Wisely, like, you suck. And I was like, "Why don't you paint?" I was like, "No, nah. <laughs> my show." <laughs> 
busy watching you. Yeah. <laughs> what about so? I mean, you're. I've got actually on the uh, on the video feed right now. If you're watching this on YouTube or whatever, you can see one of the uh, more recent posters for Amuse Days. Do you make those posters? Oh yeah. Those are those are awesome. And see, you're not painting those, but you're obviously you've got like this creative and kind of design eye, you mm-hmm. know, which is really cool because um, I, I love all the posters that everyone's doing, even the bad ones. I find oh, entertaining. Yeah. In and there you are know. Some bad ones. Yeah, and I I think that that should be part of it. Like, look, if you if you can't make a good poster, own that and just make the shittiest one you possibly sure. can. You know, because it's still gonna stand the out. Info's still out there. Exactly, I mean. exactly. And then you might start a conversation. You mm-hmm. know, you never know who's who's gonna see it. So, right. but uh, do you use what do you use like Photoshop or something I like use, that? I literally do it all on my cell phone. Really? So, yeah, and it, I have like half a dozen apps that I run one through another and do this and then add like lettering and all this shit. But yeah, it's a process, but it's fun. You yeah. Know? It's, it's a good way to kill two hours. And then I look at him like, Oh, it looks cool. And yeah. then the show was like, oh. like I had this guy I work with who has went to school for two years for uh, photo image editing and everything. And he's like, Hey man, if you need a poster, I can like help you make one for your show and shit. And I was like, I have them. And I was like, Holy shit, that looks like, I was like, <laughs> I didn't even go to school. <laughs> and this looks good? All right. I, I really like him, dude. I think that goes to show you, you don't necessarily have to be formally educated. I mean, I started going to school for electronic media, which was supposedly radio mm-hmm. um, back in, in 2003. And I switched my major and just got out of college. And in like the time that I kind of was like an unpaid regular at the radio station, just going there because I enjoyed it six months worth and I learned more than I ever learned at a, at a, you know, state university. Oh yeah. Um, and so I think it's, it's all about hands-on experience and it's kind of cool because you and I both come from the same generation that while we weren't born with technology in our hands, we got to grow and kind of discover as it came out. So mm-hmm. you're pro- you sound really adaptive to all these apps that you can just download and go in and play with. And that's oh, yeah. how you learn how to, how to do all the cool shit, you know, mm-hmm. they're, Some of them are way over my head and I've tried it and I'm like, okay, this one, I got to have one that's like half as smart as this one. And then I'll be able to to cope, you know, but like if I didn't, if I had it on a computer, I'd probably be worse at it. Really? I've just kind of like settled with like, it's just here. It's tiny and you're just going to do this. And I don't know. I feel like, yeah, I feel like if it was on a computer, I'd just fuck it all up. Yeah. (laughs) I just get overwhelmed and confused. Like, oh, no, there's too many options. Sure. Like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> well, and it's also cool, too, is you can, like, type something into Google. Like, I need, for instance, I, I had some noise in a, in a clip that I couldn't get rid of in, in my audio editing. And I've been doing this for over a decade now. And this was just one little tiny trick that I had to use once that I couldn't figure out. Mm-hmm. And I typed exactly the weird convoluted problem into Google and I hit enter, and it pulled up a one-and-a-half-minute video that was like, click here, Control-S, Control-B, click here, click there, and hit OK. And it was magical. I mean, it was the, it was the best video I've ever seen on how to anything. It mm-hmm. took me right through the process. I was done in a minute. I mean, if I'd have had that when I was a kid, I, I might have done something with my life. Maybe. You know? <laughs> I was, when I was a kid, I was fucking... I thought I was hot shit just because I knew how to run an N64 through a VCR. Oh, damn. <laughs> I was like, bam, I know how to plug this shit in. I'm a genius. Yeah, burning CDs. Yeah. My, my high school band, we burnt and pressed all of our own CDs when we recorded an album. Uh, we ruined like two computers in the process. Everybody had blisters and, and sore hands and everything. 
but it was a labor of love. You know, I mean, now all you'd have to do is click a button and it's just there for anybody that wants it. We don't have to hand it to you. Go get it. Oh, I know. You know, no one will never know. I'm sure people still do it, but like burning CDs was my favorite. I love it. I'd be like, this is going to be the first song. This is the last one. I'm going to take you on a fucking journey. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad to know that I'm not the only person that did that because I would always try to like turn every burnt CD into like some sort of weird concept album where mm -hmm. the songs kind of told their own story that sure. I made up, you yeah. know, <laughs> I was like my own little fucked up Coheed and Cambria out here trying to impress 15 year old girls with my burnt CDs, you know, this one's all about Blue Ridge Mountain. Yeah. <laughs> this one's all about the ocean. <laughs> Man, but it's weird. I think about back in those days, like music was kind of my identity. Like it, it was, if I was trying to impress a girl, I would either want her to listen to me play my drums or I would want to play her like the coolest thing that I had, I'd found over the last week, oh, you yeah. know? And now, I mean, the music just comes, it just flies out from every angle. I don't know. It, it's got to be a lot harder to do that as a kid now. I mean, I had my niche. I had my pop punk and my, you know, kind of my punk oh, yeah. rock niche and it, sure. where new stuff was dropping every week, every Tuesday. And now it's just like, I mean, I know Kanye's album's about to come out, but other than that, I don't really know much about who's coming up with what, you yeah, know? Yeah, I, I can always depend on Spotify to help me out, kind of. It guides me in the right direction when it suggests shit. That's but, good. Like, I always somehow stumble across bands all the time still. And, yeah. Like, I'm kind of in the know now. Like, I used to play music forever, but could never get involved with anybody who wanted to play it with me. So. Okay. But I, it's always been a hobby, just playing music and stuff. Yeah, so, what what instruments do you play? I like bass and guitar. Okay, that's awesome. I have a keyboard that I haven't touched in 12 years. Wow. So okay, and, and what kind of music? I'm always, these are the first two. What do you play? What kind of music do you like? Um, I like to use the bass to just be really loud and rocky or punky. And then I'll take the guitar and just kind of play folky, bluesy things with that. Just okay. kind of back and forth with that, really. Yeah. It's, you know, growing up a, a punk rocker like that, and I'll, you know, I always wanted to have on as many armbands and belt buckles as I could. Oh, sure. You know, I was that guy. <laughs> um, and but I my my dad and all his brothers and some of their wives had a wedding band when they were all growing up and in their 20s. And they played, you know, what you hear the word country now, what they called it back then was country and Western because that Western tinge oh, was, yes, yeah. very heavy through a lot of it. And they played a lot of like old George Strait and Johnny Cash and, and stuff like that. And, uh, when I finally grew up enough to not hate that stuff just on principle because of the way I was dressed, mm -hmm. I started to bring little little tiny versions of my big, uh, Rocky drum kits to their little get togethers and play with them. And it, it raised the appreciation of, of a different genre, like a whole different uh, style of music for me just by playing it. And, and it's, it's always interesting to me when I hear somebody with a juxtaposition like yours, like I play my guitar with like folk and stuff like that. That's like softer and probably more technical and, mm -hmm. you know, and then my bass, I like to get that out just and just grind it. on it. You know, <laughs> I love that. I, I think that's really cool. And I think it, it made me, I don't know if I want to say it made me a better musician because I don't practice enough anymore either. Like, I, don't. I mean, but one thing that it did is it when I am practicing, if a Johnny Cash song comes up on the shuffle, rather than skip it, I just try to play through it. You know, oh, it's yeah. like it it makes oh, it I more love fun. Doing that though, I still do that on occasion. Just like hit shuffle on and just whatever song comes up, let's see if we can play it. And yeah, I can play by ear pretty well, so I can pick it out half the time. Okay, but just like, but. An hour later, I'm not going to pick and be like, oh, yeah, this one. And I was like, I already forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. 
are you or so you if you're playing by ear then you're probably self-taught like me yes yeah i never took a i just learned how to do it yeah by watching and listening Right. Pretty much. That was, it was me exactly. I, I used to watch the guy when I was in like seventh grade. I used to watch the, the drummer for the high school pep band. Mm-hmm. And then I would try to get like all the, the VHS uh, tapes of like all my favorite bands that they would put out, you know, promotionally and try to watch the drummers there. And um, I, I still am the same way today. Although I'm listening music on, or to music on my phone, back then it was just a plugged in Discman behind my drum set and whatever huge headphones I could find because you couldn't barely hear it when you're yeah. playing live drums but still the same thing today i just have way better audio quality in my head so you know it's crazy just the sheer amount of music theory classes and the years i played band in school like trumpet and shit and i still can hard i can't barely read script yeah at all i, I <laughs> mean music i mean me either man like so was i just kind of fucking winging it <laughs> or <laughs> it didn't my, my, we, you know, we mostly had pep band stuff, so it was mostly playing through like you know popular songs and stuff that my band director would uh, would transpose in high school. But we also always had one two month stretch where there was an orchestral band like state competition, and he always entered in it. Mm-hmm. And the the problem was, is I was a, I was a trap kit drummer. Like he would put me on the timpanis, and he'd be like, "Hit it when I go like this. Like when I point, you hit it." Because I could not read the music, and it got to the point where he needed me on like a snare. He was standing in the back going, da 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 like that. And I was just trying, because, but that was exactly it. That was how I learned was by ear. Like, I would say, okay, either you have to say it with your mouth or play it. Snare. Yeah. Snare. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, but it, it works, you know, it's, it, it's just a testament to the fact that, you know, music is one of those things that my uncle said this to me once, and I know it's, it's a pretty cliched thing, but. Uh, music and sex are the only two things that you don't have to be good at to really enjoy. Yeah. And uh, that, I think that is the reason that even shitty musicians that can't read music like myself can actually sound good if they're just passionate about it. They just oh, love sure. it. You know, eventually it comes along. So, mm-hmm. um, so have you ever put on any like comedy shows that incorporated music in any way? Uh, say from the two times I Took a guitar on stage and tried to be funny with it? No. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh. I like, you know, what uh, James Manning the Third yeah. has done. Like, he, you know, we were at the Houndstooth uh, a couple Saturday nights ago, and they got done with comedy, and he just plugged in the guitar and yeah. started singing the hits, man. Yeah, I he's mean, he's really good, too. He's really good. Super talented guy. And I know he's got an Instagram show, too, that he mm-hmm. does on Instagram Live. Um and, and that's just, you know, we could sit here and do this with probably 15, 20 different talented people that are currently attending these mics and these shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's just one of them. And I, I was I was intrigued by that. Like, as a drummer, I, I it would be hard for me to be like, all right, next up, click, 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 and you know, just start rocking. But I love the idea of somebody having a, you know, like a stand-up bass or something to play along to or to, to do comedy to or something like that. Like, there's just so much talent here right now that it's all about coming up with with cool ideas like that to feature the talent. That's you know, one thing I wanted to do so bad because I start <laughs> my show with just that cowboy bebop theme because uh-huh. so, it was like it's impactful, it's loud, it gets your attention. And I was like, I don't know a better song to grab people's attention than that. But what I always wanted to do, there's a jazz station around the corner from Lucky's. Yep, it's like maybe if I go over there and give them enough money. I can make them come over here and open my show. Yeah. <laughs> and then they can just leave. It was like, here's fucking $300. Just 
play it for fucking 40 seconds and you get to go home. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think you offer anybody enough money, they'll do something like that. Why yeah, not? You sure. know? <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to put you on the spot and I don't want you to, to, you know, burn any allegiances. So if you don't want to answer this question, just oh. tell me. Okay. Um, but as a host, somebody that sees close to 30 comics, um, who are some of the ones that stand out to you right now that are doing some of their best work that they've ever done? Um, well, it's, uh, it's hard to, to say exactly. I mean, everybody's coming up pretty quickly and all doing a good job equally, I'd say. Um, my friend Matt Costa is doing a really good job. Matt one, Costa? One in particular, yeah. Okay. I, um, he's always, he's been crushing it pretty hard. Every mic, every time I catch his set, like the crowd's really enjoying a lot of it okay um, i like it i the reason i ask is just because i'm hoping to say some people's names that you can go out if you're listening to this and check out if you see their name on a flyer uh if you see them on facebook send them a friend request you know figure out where their shows are because this is how we're going to get more people out to comedy shows is just to talk about it and just to to be you know involved in it so um i'm not you know i'm, I'm not asking you to play favorites as much as oh. i just want to promote as many people as we can oh, so for sure yeah and just like I don't, my friend Luke Miller, he's like he's been with us for a while. Yeah, like we already know he's good. He's and, good, but man. like um, I don't know. He just kind of ran off and had some adventures, and I don't know. He was in Vegas, maybe something. He got real centered in or something. But he's just <laughs> very comfortable and like he's doing a great job. And he wears a Mission Tortilla Company hat. Like <laughs> I don't know where I, who even knew that they ever put their logo on a hat, but Luke found it. Yeah. He feel find it. <laughs> and he does uh he kind of helps out with um the Thursday night fight night or fight mic at the Drake, correct? Yeah, he's one of the hosts. Yeah. Sometimes he's not there, but yeah. It, um him, Tyler and Austin all kind of started that together. Okay. A while back. Um and and those guys all that's Tyler Jones and Austin Castler, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um those guys, I mean, go down and check out their mic Thursday night. Same, you know, it's pretty much seven thirty sign up, eight PM for all the mics around mm -hmm. Eugene right now. And I'm afraid I'm I don't know if I'm gonna push that later. I used my show used to be at ten. It was the latest one. Really? And everyone would fucking complain to me all the time about it. And I was just like, Well, I got the day off. <laughs> I don't fucking <laughs> Sorry, you didn't. Well, you, uh, you what you're going to I mean, what you're going to find out is that sooner or later you're going to be up until close if the mic keeps uh, attracting more and more people, right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was just like 3 hours the week before last. It was a 3 oh, 3 hour 20 minute show, I think. Wow. I was like, god damn. And people are only getting 5 minutes, right? Or is it six minutes? It was six that night, but then I changed it after the first five to five minutes. Yeah. And I was like, still. <laughs> I was like, damn. There's going to the be so many of you. You're all losing a minute. <laughs> and hardly any of the audience left, too. I was like, yeah, it's fucking committed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting tired. Yeah, <laughs> right? Uh, dude, after that many comics, I can only imagine. And, like, the name pronunciations and the fact that everybody's written, it, it's all handwriting. Like, it's not typed out. So. Yeah. Oh, this guy got me good last night. And you had four names. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and just like two comics away i'm still trying to commit it to memory i'm like it's a fucking da, 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 da. <laughs> like, and they're all long names too oh man <laughs> 
So, uh, yeah, Luke Miller, um, he was he did a show recently um, down in Medford at the Ghost Light Playhouse with mm. Nick Lanier. Have you made it down there to that show yet? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I did it last month. So you'll probably be coming around the mountain again here before Maybe. too long. It's yeah. it feel like maybe about every couple of months is when Nick's asked me to do it. So, I think so. Yeah. It, um, it's a really fun show. Very it, good. It is, and and we just did the last one on Monday night where there won't be beer and wine. Uh, oh. There will have drinks there for the oh. next one, which isn't it isn't this upcoming Monday when this podcast will air, but it's the following Monday. Sure. So um, then they're going to do a big Medford comic showcase where they've got a bunch of the guys from down there. I think they have like eight or nine strong on that bill already. So nice. um, yeah, that one was really fun. It's uh, it's it's fun to see, um, you know them like out there like passing out flyers and stuff and just trying to like talk to people on the street right beforehand and be like you want to come watch a show because I feel like that kind of commitment is something you don't find with everybody that hosts a show and, and, and not to say you know you obviously are your show is well established they're trying to start out and get some and they had some people that went there the Monday before and they came back the next Monday and it's like okay yeah the ball's rolling it's sure. just about you know being able to keep people there and that's a lot easier when you can give them a tall cool one to sip I love, on I love that street grind just yeah. walking up to strangers and be like hey what? And I was like, yeah, I'm talking to you. Sorry. But you want to come to this? <laughs> put them off completely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The old flyering thing, man. I used to do that a lot in college with my, uh, with my band and, um, couldn't tell you if anybody ever also was given a flyer and came to the show. I don't know that that ever happened, but, uh, it was always fun because it got you out there in front of people. If nothing else, you at least felt like you were being seen, you know, and, uh, you know, maybe somebody, you hear somebody talk about it in a class later that day or something. It's like, yeah, all right. We're, we're, we're making moves out here, but that's a, that's a tough grind, dude. The street grind is the, is the hardest one. And also the one that it takes, I think the most unique personality, because it's hard to just walk up to a stranger and just start talking to them. I know. I didn't never used to be like that. Like, 10 plus years ago. Yeah. Um, but something changed and I'm just like, I want to talk to everyone. Uh, I can fucking can. <laughs> <laughs> I don't awesome. know why, but it, it just makes me happy. I love talking to people. That's great. Well, I'm, I'm glad because you were an easy guest to book for this show. So oh, yeah. that's kind of what this whole thing's about is just hanging out and bullshitting. So, mm -hmm. um, oh, and I, I do want to pass this comment, compliment along. He didn't tell me to tell you this, but he said it when I was down there on Monday and Nick Lanier said that you are his favorite comic that has come across that stage. Oh my God. I don't know why I even asked that question of whether or not you'd been there because he did say that. He said <laughs> the funniest set was Chaz Logan Hyde. I appreciate that, Nick. Thank so, you very much. I mean, I, I wish I could have seen it because... I, like I've only been fortunate enough to see you host. Like I can't wait to see you with time. You can't to... see it because it's on YouTube. <laughs> oh, okay, where's it at? Where can I find it on YouTube? Just um, by searching your name. Ghost, ghost, the the Ghost Light Playhouse. They have their own YouTube channel. Oh, okay. You're talking about theirs. Okay, so yeah, yeah. that's great. Well, I will go and check that out. Is there anything else that I can find on YouTube that you've done like stand up wise? Um, I think I did something in like Bombs Away Cafe forever ago, and that's on my channel. Just Chaz Hyde. Okay. But there's also a lot of other shit on there that I should probably delete. Like, <laughs> yeah, after this podcast, I might go and delete some things. Understood. <laughs> but, Understood. Yeah, I got shit out there. Dude. I, I, I'd suggest you just come see me now. That's <laughs> the way to do it. Right. Come see what we're doing now because we're doing it now and not back then. Mm -hmm. Right. I, uh from the radio show there's some things that i'm proud of that are still up there and you got to kind of dig for them there is there's a stand up set up there that i won't tell anybody i won't even tell my wife how to search it because back when i was working in the cannabis industry i was uh, i was doing the sales so i was going into a bunch of different dispensaries and i walked into uh, a dispensary and there's the manager who i actively sell product to on a weekly basis 
watching a stand-up set of mine from 2007, and I, there's a lot of things that you can't say in 2019 that you could say in 2007. Oh, yeah. And I said all of them. Sure. Everything was like a checklist, <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and he's and he's laughing, thank God. Yeah. But there's... Uh, Not just like... Right. There's a, there's a large percentage of people that probably would have been really offended by that then. And I it's not on my account. That's the thing is it's on an account. Who I don't know who owns it. I've never tried to reach out to the person because I'm equally as concerned that they're going to like share it someplace where more people can see sure. it. I, I just I hate that it's out there, but it's out there. So but if you, you find it, you, you know, I hate a person for what they did fucking over a decade ago. Right. And like society was different then. It's all, it's an ever evolving thing. You can't, you could do, like, I don't know. It, but it's, it's a, it's something that I feel like we should talk about more because as comedians, I feel like we have a very unique perspective on it because it's always kind of towing the line as a comedian. And Dave Chappelle, I think said it best. Like, don't, don't talk shit to me for something I said 10 years ago, unless you're going to bring me a list of stuff that you said 10 years ago that I also get yeah, to judge. That's a good point. You know, and um, it look, I think the best thing we can say is we all know it's cringy. Like nobody's out there trying to get you to go look at that stuff anymore because we know what it could do potentially to whatever we have in the future, you sure. know. Um, but it is kind of a bummer that people get stuff dug out of their social media and YouTube and stuff like that. Like you said, like, I, I need to go delete some things. That's, uh, fuck, that sucks that you even have to think like that as oh, a creative person. it's not person. about, like, the, the, um, the contents. It's just the quality. Oh. <laughs> I'm just like, eh, you can just scrap that. That doesn't need to be for public viewing. <laughs> Well, at least you're humble, too, yeah. right? <laughs> I just, I'm t I don't go off the deep end and talk about fucking sensitive shit that much yeah. anyway and but you know, when i do you know i walk the line i'm not trying to offend anyone i'm more or less just absurd <laughs> and weird <laughs> which is why we love you man yeah, i appreciate it <laughs> the only mohawked comedian that i know of uh, oh, yeah. at this point there's been some in the past <laughs> they can't hold it like you can though no. you've had it for a long time right yeah yeah somewhere during covid when i was locked in my house I okay i made seth shave my head yeah yeah, and or it was also kind of a petition in the Zoom meeting we were all in. It was like, fucking shave your head, Jess. It was like, fine, I'm drunk enough. Seth, come here. <laughs> Help me. Dude, I wish I had the confidence. I've never, I, so I'm going bald. I'm like, I'm like 35% bald up top. It's coming from the George Costanza area uh -huh. and it's just bleeding forward. But I'm so paranoid that I have a just a weird ass shaped head. Like I've always, I, was, I feel like I've got a weird head just from feeling it and seeing it all these years. I can't bring myself to shave. I know it would look better. I was worried about it too. Were you? Yeah. It's like, and a, then someone was just like, "You got a nice looking head." I was like, "Cool, <laughs> thanks." Yeah. But that alleviates my worry, That's dude. Cool. It, I mean, like I said, it looks good. It's even. You mm -hmm. know, um, we shaved a mohawk in my buddy's head a while back. And it, the problem was, is we were all just as drunk as he was to let us do it. So you got like three quarters of the way back and it just started veering like a country highway around oh a draw, you know, um, we didn't tell him. It took him a couple of days to notice because it was on the back of his head. <laughs> yeah, I went, I, I think I just uh, accepted this because my hair is receding in the other way. Okay. You got way. the, uh, what do they call it? The widow's peak? Something. Yeah. And then I was like, well, still got the landing fucking just. Rip the rest of it. Cool. <laughs> Works. <laughs> I like it, man. Were you uh, back in the day when you were uh, when you were a kid? Did you ever do the mohawk with like the egg whites, like the really tall ones? Did you ever grow your hair out and do that like, crazy punk rock shit like that? Uh, no. Yeah. It, my head. My hair was just a mess. Like, yeah. I could never figure out what to do with it. 
until just recently. So, yeah, yes. well, I mean, hey, it's, whenever you find it, if you find something good, you know, mm-hmm. ride that pony till it bucks you. It's usually just a weird shag. I'm just fucking, I don't know what to do with this shit. <laughs> I know how to style. <laughs> I was really big into dyeing my hair. I dyed my hair all, like, completely blue in high school once and then completely red in, in uh, I think it might have been college, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. I just was never comfortable with it. I used to bleach it a lot. I was part of the Eminem crew who, like, after Eminem came out, everybody had a bleached head. Mm-hmm. I, will a real Slim Shady please stand up? I'm right in front of you, bro. Um, and you can only imagine me, Mr. Dark Features, with, like, a like a like literally a Q-tip of hair on top of my head. Yeah. Was, well, in high school, I wore, like, a bunch of black bondage shit. <laughs> had this bright-ass blonde hair and blue eyes. I'm like, not really committing all the way, Chaz. <laughs> You're almost there. <laughs> That's great, man. I, Actually, I wish, I mean, I would probably punch my high school self in the face. I can comfortably say that. Just not not because I, you know, was doing anything particularly, but mainly because of, like, you're not as cool as you think you are, and it's better for you to realize that now than wait till later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I was just, I was, I was just grungy, punky, gothy until I got my first girlfriend, and then I was like, let her dress me in Aeropostale. I was like, I lost my entire identity. I was like, what are you doing? Get out of it. <laughs> You're losing yourself. Aeropostale's a throwback, man. I Dude. Yeah. Were you in the Abercrombie and Fitch days, too? I never wore the shit, but everybody I knew did. No, yeah, I knew a lot of people. It was all over everybody's body. I, I, just, I just wore, like, bland-ass normal clothes, usually. I like to. T- I think I told Seth last week, I kind of dressed, like, in the late high school days when I got really into the punk rock, like... Somebody threw me into a hot topic and whatever stuck to me, I just walked out with, you know? Right. <laughs> uh, whatever band t-shirt that you couldn't read because it was all like, you know. Just. just Yeah, just fucking, fucked up lettering and everything. Tree limbs? Or, <laughs> that's a tree, right? No, it's a bin. Yep. And then uh, wear my CBGB shirt every other day, <laughs> you know? And it didn't, it was so tight that it didn't touch my belt. Thank God I didn't hold on to all of those fashion trends. Like, I still do the the flat-bottom skate shoes and, you know, baggy pants yeah, and stuff. Yeah, that's never going to leave me, I don't think. I'm no. always going to have the skate shoes. Uh, people don't understand how comfortable they are. They are, until you're, like, 60 and can't walk, probably. Right, yeah. Which is no. what's going to happen to all the, of us. The ankles are going to go, but here's the deal. I, I stopped trying to do kickflips back when I was, like, 20 because I knew I could never do a kickflip, so I might have saved my ankles a little bit. I don't even know if I can do a fucking ollie. Uh, I, well, yeah, that was my problem is I couldn't ollie, so I definitely couldn't kickflip. Oh, I could do that, but I, I mostly just cruised around and bombed hills. Can I can I admit something since we're on the subject? I was a uh, I was a little bit more of an aggressive inline skater. Oh yeah, a fruit booter as they used to call it fruit back in booter. the day. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a complimentary. No, no, it was pretty derogatory, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I I used to try to like grind rails and jump stairs on my on my inline skates, and oh, that's cool. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Nobody else did back in the day, but hey. I didn't have to have people think I was cool because all I was doing was hurting myself. And the more people that were there to watch, the worse it was for me. So Props to you because when I was a kid, I got in lines and I couldn't fucking do it. Really? Like, I was just like, I can't do this. Well, it, it's funny to me because it's a lot like, you know, a lot of people say like, oh, well, if, you, if you're if you a snow skier and you try to snowboard, you'll go back to snow skiing because snowboarding's harder. I always heard that about done none of it. <laughs> I always heard that about skateboarding and, and rollerblading, though, is that. If you were a rollerblader and you tried to skateboard, you'd never pull it off unless you really got dedicated because it was so much harder than putting on the rollerblades. Mm. I think they both have their their place, but I did have, even though I was like an avid wakeboarder as a kid, I had this weird thing where 
standing sideways on wheels and going forward really made me nervous but standing forward and pointing forward on wheels, I was I it kind of felt invincible for some reason. I don't know why. It's God. yeah, I, and because I hurt myself as much with all of it. Like none of it, you don't fall easy on any of those things if no. you're out trying to do them for fun. You know. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I really slowed down and stopped after I uh, just like pulled this thumb all the way to here. Oh God! And it's still not the same anymore. It, it's not. No. It's, oh. Kind of fucked up. It's going to be dude. problems later. But um, <sighs> that end, like, when I bailed into some grass and rolled just one roll short of going, like, full speed into an electric box with my face. Oh, my like, God, dude. I was like, huh. I was like, okay, it needs time to stop. <laughs> and, and about how old were you when you when you realized that? I mean, I was still, like, just 19. Okay, so still young. Yeah, still young. But I was like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> that could have been a lot worse than it was. For me, it was a uh, it was a catastrophic wakeboard accident where I I was trying to always go do the end of my runs. I would always try to do like one big trick that I'd never landed before, and it was always just kind of a, a big blowout. And yeah, the final hurrah. Yeah, yeah, it's the grand finale, and if you don't make it, then it's fine. You're done with your run. You swim back to the beach, and uh, I hit uh, a, like a wake from a jet ski hit the bottom of my board right when I launched off the wake. And it broke the bottom of my femur, tore my ACL, my MCL, and uh, ruptured my meniscus all in one because I I, uh, I rolled over and I only had one foot in the binding and the, it landed on the board. The board like twisted sideways and just it absolutely exploded my knee five days before my 21st birthday. Oh, fun. Yeah. And so I was on crutches, like, like no weight on the leg at all for my entire 21st birthday bar hop around downtown Eugene, Still which get drunk. Oh yeah. I got hammered. Get everybody to carry you. <laughs> right. in. I had a great group of friends that <laughs> night that was very supportive. Um, but I, you know, it's funny my wife now, even, even years after that, when I, I met, had met my wife and she would watch me, I would still every now and then try to do a backflip on a wakeboard, which I can land, but I haven't for a long time. And I, somebody was videotaping me once, and I'm almost positive I can hear her right as I'm cutting out and coming back into jump going, don't do a backflip, don't do a backflip. Like, she's really afraid for me because she wasn't around when I completely exploded my knee. But, like, now at 30, so like if I can do that damage when I'm 21, what kind of damage can I do in my 30s trying to do something way less, you know? So... Um, it's good to give that stuff up and go for a little bit more soft impact type sure. thing, you know, inland surfing, maybe. I get more and more careful as the years go because I'm like, one wrong step. Oh, yeah. Or even when I am just like accidentally drop something and go to catch it, I just throw my fucking back out or something. <laughs> like, damn. You ever get out of a chair and you're, you tweak your hamstring just a little bit? Like, <laughs> god damn, I got no quick movements. <laughs> Take it easy. Well, look, man, you're here on your day off. I really appreciate you coming by. We have hit the hour mark, and uh, I don't want to take up too much more of your uh, your coveted time off because of I don't have uh, a schedule for shit. So uh, when somebody takes time out of theirs to come and do this with me, it really makes me happy. And uh, I just hope that some people will listen to this, head out to Lucky's, check out the open mic, whether you're there to actually do some uh, comedy or just to support the scene. Uh, we're having a lot of fun out at these things and it's people like yourself that, that bring the mood and make that happen. So, um, thanks for being here. Thanks for everything you've done for the comedy scene in Eugene. Thanks for hosting at Lucky's. Like, dude, thanks for being Chaz Logan Hyde. Man. Of course. Thanks. I appreciate it a lot. Any place that you want the listeners to check any of your work out at or anything like that, a website or anything you want to plug? Oh, um, there's a bunch of stuff on my Instagram at Chaz Logan Hyde when I was drafting my home and just posting videos of comedy to 
no one, <laughs> just but a video camera. <laughs> I got that going okay. on there. Uh, my Facebook is mostly just where I post about shows coming up that I'm going to do or promoting. And uh, other than that, I'm on YouTube, and you just look my name up. I'm probably somewhere on there. There you go. Well, I will share all those links in the uh, description of the podcast, and I want you guys to do what the Man Room listeners do and go out and uh, listen, support, click through, like, subscribe, do all that shit. Uh, I've got more great comedians coming up in the coming weeks. Excuse me, Paps Blue Ribbon burp. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to see what the uh, what transpires in the Eugene scene. I can't wait to see uh, the growth, and I guarantee you, uh, in that we'll be having you back on uh, sometime later on oh, in the future. So for sure, I'd love to. Awesome, Chaz Logan Hyde, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Man Room Podcast. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs> And, 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 and,